This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Y'all to make a little. Yo, 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 yo. Some get a little, and some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none. In honor to Mr. Wheezy, happy birthday to Mr. Wheezy, Lil Wayne. I had to honor my guy because, you know, he's a fellow Packers fan. Also, he's a huge sports fan, but he could come off as a bandwagoner. But it doesn't matter. He's a Packers fan. Shout out to Wheezy, Wheezy F. But, um, yes, this is yours truly, the Spain. I'm here once again. Episode 15 of Sports Talk with the Spain. This is yours truly, like I said. Um... I don't even need an introduction. I don't need to introduce myself, but then again, I I I have to. I feel like I have to because there's new there's going to be a new listener once in every blue moon. So to whoever is listening, much appreciated once again for tapping in. Also, for those who are willing to and and you know, without me having to say it, out of their way, they go out their way and go out their way and just tell people what's up with my podcast. This may not be the most fun right now because it's all audio. It may not be the people's choice because I ain't talking about, you know, uh, alpha male bullshit. I ain't being a narcissist. I'm not talking about relationships every fucking 24 minutes, 24 seconds. I ain't talking about sex. I ain't talking about nothing but sports in my perspective, my opinion, my love for it. Specifically, the the NFL, NBA. Usually, I, I you know I, as I go along with this and I get better at perfecting my craft, my art, I will incorporate baseball because I really want baseball to be something that my community, my the black community, the Afro Latino community can get more exposure, more educated about so on so forth um but anyways that's that's for another day another discussion uh when i'm finally live on air and i've been you know hinting, hinting on that for a while but i have to get my set i got to get the setting right ladies and gentlemen i can't i can't just be i'm recording in my bedroom i can't just be recording in my bedroom having y'all see what's going on behind me that's kind of that's ghetto as fuck but i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna get this right um it's going to be a whole reboot, relaunch of everything. I'm hoping in, that if all goes well, by next month I have I have it going and I have the proper tools to get it moving. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to record as I am. And again, much appreciated to those who, you know, follow me on social media, listen to what I got to say, to those who respect my opinion, respect what I have to spew <laughs> out my mouth about how I feel about a game. And I do have to say, I have to do a better job of recording, and I'm not talking about the vocal records, but recording all the predictions I've made of the games I've, um, most of the games. And I'm not going to remember what I said from the last episode because like most podcasters and hosts of a podcast, I don't really, you know, go back and listen to what I've said. Um, at times I will. And, um, but yeah, 
we we will figure it out. So, but anyways, this episode once again we're gonna recap uh, the the past week of the NFL season, going in and 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 previewing the week four matchups that are coming up. And I will end this episode to chat about a couple baseball um, updates about records being broken in my opinions about those records being broken and um and leave it with some Celtics updates and possibly uh yeah just Celtics updates there's not I, I'm again I'm not too um well versed in the whole hockey talk I can't give y'all hockey talk like that so I, I I'll, I'll have to get better at figuring that out for the peoples who are big on hockey or all those black folk that are listening and they want to get more into hockey I will do the best I can to figure it out for y'all. But in the meantime, this is Sports Talk with the Spain. Uh, I'm going to plug it in now instead of the ending. Find me on Spotify, Podcast Spotify. Um, you'll find me on Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe, you will get notified that I drop an episode. I, I, I can't really be out there like every day, every moment, like reminding everybody to plug in and listen. Um, I will if I have to, but I will, it'd be much appreciated if everybody just subscribe. You know, it'll help you in the long run. Um, but let's get into these these games. I'm going to have a couple of my own personal locks. Uh, um, my insiders, my insider has one lock. Uh, well, I can only remember one of the locks my insider has. I have to double check my text, but um, didn't really get too too into discussion of all the all the games this week. We may have to just before the weekend hits. But anyways, um, we're gonna get into the games. We obviously, I believe I I went over the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh game. Don't need to really get into that, but I will get into their week four matchups for this coming week. Um, as we already know. The Browns are two and one. Pittsburgh is one and two. Uh, the Browns beat them 29-17. Those two teams kind of emulate each other. Uh, they kind of like, uh, obviously Pittsburgh's a better coach team with Tomlin, but both teams can be about the same. But it looks like Pittsburgh's gonna go through a phase here, just like New England did last year, or not even last year, the year that they had Cam Newton. Um, they're going through a little bit of a phase because they're going to have to, every week, uh, speak on, you know, whether or not they're going to be keeping Trubisky as their quarterback, whether or not getting the rookie in there will make bring some uh, energy into the offense and, you know, getting that young man, Pickens, man, uh, he needs more opportunities. Like, that catch might have been one of the greatest catches we've seen in our generation. Um, no disrespect to Odell. Now, Odell's catch could be, I mean, it's up there with Odell. Let, let me just say that. It's up there with Odell. Odell actually scored a touchdown. Did the Giants win? I believe they did. And that was on primetime. And this game, that was on primetime too. But for him to be a rookie and nobody really knows what his hands is like other than those who watched him in college or um, when he played, when he was with Georgia. With those of them, those who've been watching through preseason or whatever the case may be, I, it didn't seem like he was getting a lot of opportunities with, um, you know, 
it's weird. It sucks. Like the NFL and football in general. Like since the earlier days of playing football, like I played my football career was cut short because I, you know, it, it didn't pan out. But you know, even playing in high school and being coached by coaches that have college and NFL experience, they coached us as if no different. It's no different anywhere else. Like seniority and how well you play in practice, that all plays a part of what, how much you will play. But without getting too deep about that, like Pickens is going to be a gamer. He's going to be one of those guys. Like, But that's why that question comes up about whether or not they should make the change at quarterback because the the kid, uh, Kenny Pickett, you plug him in, he's gonna take his opportunities. He's a he's he's a scrambler. Trubisky is as well, but Trubisky's more like a if the play breaks down, I'm gonna scramble type. But Pickett is more like he he you could design those for him. He could he could he's a playmaker. He gives you a little bit of flashes of of Josh Allen when Josh Allen was really a raw talent. So. It's it comes down to just giving those type of kids opportunities, and I'm gonna get into the like quarterbacks in the NFL at the current moment because I don't know the stats of this, but I swear to God, there's so many number one or top ten or first round quarterbacks playing right now in the NFL, and also a lot of Heisman winning quarterbacks playing in this NFL, and that's for one that's encouraging. Because majority of them were black quarterbacks, and for two, it kind of sucks because some of them don't may not start again after this season or at the end of the season because they're not playing up to expectation. But anyways, uh, yep, the Browns, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, we knew the outcome of that game, but the Browns' next opponent will be the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll get into that preview in a second. So the Atlanta Falcons, um, we'll get into their game, their week three in a bit, but this is one team that can be very sneakily good. Um, as I mentioned in my past episodes, you can't underestimate you cannot underestimate how bad a team is or even how good. You can't underestimate that. Like you you if some of this shit could get overblown. Um we like to do I know media likes to do it, but we as people the audience I'm going to consider myself the audience. I'm not fully into the media game and I probably would never be uh um I don't know how to, how to say this but I don't I don't think I'll ever be the type to put myself in in that position willingly and dumb myself down for the sake of giving hot takes but anyways we can't we get we are prisoners of the 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 moment of what we see on paper if that makes sense it's just like when the when when we have a uh basketball season which is coming up we look at the rosters and we look at everybody on the roster and then automatically you see a bunch of names and a bunch of names that in a couple of those names may have not even played well in a couple of years but we see a bunch of names and now we're saying oh man they got a boat 
They're going to the chip. No one's going to beat them. What you mean? So-and-so's there. There's no way they're going to lose. All those narratives start kicking in. All those narratives. But you never really fucking know. So I say that to say this. Atlanta, I think their coach... What he said in the in week, from week one, you know, teams were like they lost by one. He used the opportunity to give a more victory speech after that. Many of us could have and may have laughed. I chuckled a bit, but he's right. He was right. I can't. I can't. Uh, you know, I I can't completely rephrase what he says. He said, but he was just saying people were counting counting them out. You know what I'm saying? They were easy dub. And that's not the case. Even though it was just Seattle they beat, and we'll go over that game in a bit, the team is is surrounded by a lot of decent veterans, professionals, some young guys. He's only a second-year coach, and, and that's the one thing I want to mention, too, is that the NFL gives up on coaches way too fucking soon, unless those coaches are just uh, toxic to the situation. There should be no reason to be giving up on coaches. You You hired them. You hired them for the because you believe their performance will will their performance as whoever they were before, like uh, whether it be a coordinator or a coach in a different in NCAA. You hired them for a reason. You hired them for the image. You hired them for their philosophy, and you hired them for their leadership. If you fired them within after a year or after a couple of years, what does it say about you as a GM or or owner? No freaking coach should be trusting your your judgment of decisions whatsoever. But anyways, the Browns play the Atlanta Falcons. It's going to be in um, Atlanta. Right now, the spread, again, I'll remind everybody, I do not have a sports book that I support, nor do I am I sponsored by one, so I will not, uh, I will not advertise any other sports book. So I'm just going to give you what Vegas is. Uh, what Vegas originally um, has up for a spread. Right now, the, sp- the, the spread has Brown's favorite minus one and a half. It's getting real close to like a toss-up. And there's a reason for that. Because Atlanta's offense is actually pretty decent with Mariota. You know, that's a dual threat. He got some weapons. He got the young cat, Drake London. He got Kyle Pitts. Um... He has uh, Cordero Patterson, who's rejuvenated his career since last season. Obviously, last season he had a, a breakout career, career season being not only there, he was their playmaker. Um, you could have called him a running back last year if you wanted to, but he was he was listed as a wide receiver. But I call him a playmaker, and most players in the league are playmakers. They could do whatever, like Debo Samuel's. They could do whatever. You plug them anywhere, they're there to win the game for their team by making explosive plays. And he had one hell of a game last week. And I believe he won um, offensive, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, The guy was, he's explosive, um, dynamic. And that's to be expected with a guy who could kick return. He could read, he could read the the lane. He could find the lanes. He could, he could uh, follow his blockers. He's a patient runner. And when he hits the hole, he could, he's out of here, he's to the crib. But anyways, um, but there's some stuff you could talk about when it comes to Cleveland. That, you know, Percet, like I mentioned in my, my season preview, like all it takes is for this team 
All it takes is for this team to just stick around, man. The North is not as dominant as it, as we all were expecting it to be um, at the moment because uh, Cincinnati's still a one and two team. Uh, Pittsburgh is a one and two team. Uh, Baltimore is a two and one team that gives up a lot of points. Uh, yeah, man, I, it's 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 interesting. Cleveland, if they could win, if they could find a way to win this game, they'll be three and one. They'll be about two months away from bringing in their franchise quarterback. And however you feel about him is how you feel. But we're talking about football. Um, I understand his transgressions are trash, and you know he he did something so egregious that he may not repair his his image. To, to a lot of different people, but as far as him being a, as a football player, he's a great player. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna get his opportunity for a second chance with the public, one way or another. And you just gotta respect it. And, and, and you know, he's owning that. You know what I'm saying? But at the moment, if they, they if they take care of business with Brissett and they look like they've been playing very well with him, which Nick Chubb been running the ball like a savage that he is, and Amari Cooper's waking up. He's waking up with that offense. He doesn't even have his QB1. If they could stick around, it's a dangerous team to go against. It really is. And I want a lot of people to realize that they, you know, don't count them out. So, but I got the Browns winning this game. Um, like I mentioned, I'm going to make sure I have this recorded. I do have the round, the Browns winning this game. I ain't going to give you guys a prediction. I'm going to do prediction scores for, like, the 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 games that are, are going to be primetime games. Um, so Browns, I, I picked them to cover. Absolutely. And not, and it's not going to be something where they blow, blow Atlanta out. They might win by like seven, something like that. Uh, as far as Pittsburgh goes, Pittsburgh's next opponent is the Jets. Um, I got in this matchup, I got the Jets winning, uh, for one, they're going to get the young, the young bull back, um, Zach Wilson. Uh, the, the one thing is like Joe Flacco did very well for his backup role. He, you know, 901 yards. I think he leads the league in yards. Like I might be wrong. Uh, but if he does, I wouldn't be surprised just because he's had, he had some games. He had some very serious big time yardage games. Uh, oh, he's up there. Yeah. He's like number five. <laughs> like he's the backup for the Jets and he's the he's the fifth highest he has the fifth most yards passing but he has the most attempts so that plays hand in hand but either way um Flacco he did his he did his job he's a backup he's he did his job to at least get him a win at least keep him keep him respected in the league I like Robert Sala, Robert Sala as as a coach. I really do. I wish it was. I wish he had a better opportunity, a better situation. Not to say he can't turn around that team, but I wish it was a better place for him to coach, where he had better talent. But and this is what you choose, and this is what you applied for. You know what I'm saying? And if they chose you, they believe you could bring that team back to the to some type of uh, uh, somewhere of a a place where people can have some respect and somewhat, you know, fear them. But offensively they'll 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 have to start getting it going as far as getting the other guys going. 
meaning, you know, uh, Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore, um, uh, the young kid at running back. I'm, his his name is um, I'm losing his. Uh, I apologize. I can't I can't remember his name right now. Um, but yeah, there's there's a there's some weapons they got on that team, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty certain Zach Zach Wilson will make best of what he has on that side of the ball. Um, because it's only why it's only it only makes sense for him to have that type of uh, to make best of his the guys that he has on the on the squad. Uh, but I think the thing is like you know Robert Sala is more or less known as a great defensive mind. They have some they do have some guys on the defensive side, but what kills that team is that every so often you know they give up, they just lose discipline. They can't stick themselves up. They can't keep up in the games that they're in. Like that game against Baltimore, they were in it in the first half. They gave it up in the second. Um, last week's game for the Jets, um, we'll get more into that game. But they played, they played the Bengals, and I and I, I rewatched that game. I watched it over, uh, like it was a really condensed version of it. Uh, I re I watched it over, and there was a lot of good things the Jets was able to do to stick around in the game. And they, but they shot themselves in the foot. Anytime you got, they found themselves like in the red zone or close to it, they just shot themselves in the foot. Penalties, you know, turnovers, you know, little things like that. That's what makes the big difference between a big a winning team and a losing team. And people don't the normal consumer when they watch an NFL football game, they don't understand the different variables that come about when it comes to winning. Um, Aaron Rodgers made a great point after beating the Bucks last week. The hard, it's hard to win in the NFL. And 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 yes, we we've been spoiled with some great teams, great players of teams that are, were in these teams, excuse me, like a Tom Brady, like a Peyton Manning. Uh, like a Drew Brees, maybe even Aaron Rodgers. You want to use him for when his in his earlier career. There were some teams that had some like even the Ravens when they had Ray Al- Ray. Uh, I said Ray. I was gonna say Ray. Al- Ray Lewis. Excuse me. Teams like those, like in the two thousands to mid two thousands. Yes, they were you know dominant. You felt like they would never lose. They never had losing seasons. They were always competing and going to championship, um, conference championships. But it's not as easy as it looks, folks. Like this is they 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 those those guys, those teams I'm naming, those were good situations, good opportunities for in good coaching. Um, but those are those are so one offs. Especially the New England situation. I always bring that up because it's like we get so lost in that moment, thinking that and we you and people get into this habit of comparing and say, Oh well, they're not the Patriots, or they'll say a team's trash or a quarterback's trash because they're comparing it to how they've seen success. And it's like, no, you can't do that. It's just like the stupid uh, internet, social media BS that we always hear when women or men call each other trash because they had a bad experience with the previous person they were with. You know what I'm saying? Because they want to compare. But it's like, like, that's just ridiculous. Like, people shouldn't, People shouldn't be comparing. You're, we're in the now. What are we talking about today? 
You know what I'm saying? So when I'm talking about the Jets, it's what we're what are we talking about today? And what we're talking about today is that they have a lot of talent. They can very likely beat the beat, the, beat this Steelers team, and I pick them to win. Vegas has them at um, has Steelers at minus three to cover. Um, I mean to to get my, the minus three on the spread. Um, I I'm taking the Jets to cover. Um, well, I'll take them straight up money line. I'm not gonna take the plus three on them, but I'll take them straight up. But I got I got them winning this game. It was, it should be a good one. I mean, part of the reason why I'm 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 sold on them is that you know Steelers can't get they can't get Najee going um, as he was last year. Uh, Trubisky is barely over uh, barely un, uh, getting over sixty percent passing. Um, it just doesn't look good over there in Pittsburgh. So, give me the Jets, folks. Give me the Jets. J E T S. Jets. 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 Moving on, we have um, excuse me a second. Uh uh-uh. uh. Trying to stay in order a bit so that we're not too off track. Moving on, we got the Saints versus Carolina. I had the Panthers winning. I know I remember that one. The Panthers, I had them winning, and they they won 22 to 14. Um, the Saints, 14 of their the, the 14 points they scored came in the fourth quarter. Uh, those those two scores came like court toward like midway to towards the end of the fourth quarter. So pretty much they pretty much got you know shut out. So the Saints got shut out in this game. Let's just be honest. They got shut out, and um, there's a lot of there's a lot of some there's some issues over there. You know, Jameis ain't looking right. He got four fractured vertebrae in his back. Um, Mara is not really effective uh, whatsoever. Um. Yeah, he had 61 yards on 15 carries. I mean, that's that's you know, great, but how how great? Um, some some you know, there's some standouts. Uh, Traquan Smith, uh, Chris Olave, you know, those guys balled up. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I mean, I'm not only a matter of time, but it's it's a given. You know, you have you know, Jameis Winston. He's a, he's a a uh, risk it or biscuit type player. He was perfect for he was perfect for um uh for what they were doing in Tampa before he left. But that's who he is. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna throw it up to his guys. They're gonna make plays. He's gonna force he's gonna force his guys to make plays. Um but this is what I was talking about. Uh two Heisman winners playing against each other, May- Mayfield versus Winston. And then um as they would say on the the sports talk, uh, not sports talk, but on the the radio or even ESPNs of the worlds and all those freaking outlets, one outplayed the other. I really do not like when people go out their way and compare, put it like quarterback versus quarterback situation. Like we'll talk about that with the the Bucks Packers game, but it's like, why do we do that? Why they're not? Brady is not intercepting Rogers passes. Mayfield is not sacking Winston. Why do we do that? But I think it's just for, it's like, it's, 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 our, it's that version, it's like a version of clickbaiting. 
Like, let me just say this so it sounds good. So people could like, oh, let me hear on what why that person said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. But anyways, um, if you want to say it, go ahead. Mayfield did outplay him in the sense of like if you compare both quarterback stats, he had a he had a better rating, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't he barely got over he didn't even get 175 yards passing. He was under he was under 500 pat, uh, per completion percentage. Uh, I mean, New Orleans has a very tough defense. Uh, no matter who they're going to play, they're going to give them fits. Uh, McCaffrey was able to get over 100 yards uh, rushing. And Leviscus Chenault, say that five times, Leviscus Chenault, he had the play of the game. Um, I guess the, the, I believe the game was, was not – you know, it was it was kind of close, I guess. You know, I guess we could say it was kind of close. Uh, just before he scored that, because it was a uh, it was actually thirteen seven at that point. So that that's when the um that's when the Saints finally got their first touchdown was in that early in that fourth quarter, excuse me. And um, then Leviscus Chenault, he got his his big play touchdown, and you could you could kiss that baby right there. Um. But yeah, uh I picked the Panthers to win that game. It was it was, you know, it was one of those games that they needed and it was one of those games that the Saints, you know, coming off a a very um how do you how can we can, how can I say this? emotional uh uh emotional game against the Bucks, a, a game that they knew they should have won if they stayed disciplined. They came off of high emotional game and they couldn't they, you know, it's one of those games that you 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 know you put all you're all in into week two and now week three comes and now you're trying to bring up your energy for that and just didn't happen. So they lost by they lost by you know eight and um we'll go out we'll we'll check out who they're and you know their next opponent they're gonna be playing um let's see who they're playing next week. I don't remember these schedules off the top of my head so. Bear with me. Let's see here. Excuse me, folks. My internet is kind of slow right now, but... uh. Sec. Put it up on my phone. The New Orleans Saints are playing the Vikings in London. They are going to London. Uh, that will be interesting of a game. I mean, it, those those London games are very interesting. To be honest with you, I I, I don't you know I you know more power to these players. <laughs> I could see that it could be a very tough. Uh, for one, you're going on a trip that's not a vacation. Okay, uh, I mean you could enjoy the scene, uh, enjoy the scenery, enjoy the vibes, but you know that's not home. Uh, it may seem and come off as a home game for the Saints on paper. It's a home game for the Saints, but it's not. Um, they'll be playing Minnesota, as I mentioned. Uh, Minnesota is just coming off of. Uh, Late, um, a late win against the Lions. Uh, they got they they just pulled that off, and you know, in a 
interesting way. But anyways, uh, between those two teams, uh, we could talk about all the narratives there because obviously everybody can remember uh, that was the game. That was there was a playoff game where Minnesota beat them uh, in halftime. Excuse me, overtime. Uh, Steph Diggs catching the ball in between two players. Uh, I don't know what the, is it called the Minnesota Miracle? Some shit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I believe there was another game that it was like after that. I don't know. The Saints just don't look right when they play Minnesota. I just that's all I can tell. But I got the Saints winning. The reason why I couldn't tell you. Uh, I guess I could tell you. Uh, the way I could look at it is like this: the Saints. Um, that defense is so good to me that I think what teams are doing to Justin Jefferson and what they're doing to Kirk Cousins these last couple games is going to show itself right there. Um, Like, literally, they've been shutting those guys down. I mean, you know, Cousins did his thing towards that end of that game last week, Um, kept them in the game, obviously, and, you know, that was, you know, you could call that clutch if you like how, you know, they, they were able to overcome towards the end of the game. But, um... But yeah, uh, I can see that. I can see the outcome being that the Saints keep keep Minnesota at bay, and they're able to overcome and win that game. Uh, but it could also go the other way. Um, we can't say we can't. You know, again, you can't underestimate teams. Minnesota has a high flying offense. They have a type of offense that could be game changing. They could they could really give your your uh, your defense a lot of trouble. Um, if you don't play, if you don't act right, um, when when you know when it's time to show up, uh, but that's not to say that you know they don't have their flaws. They absolutely do. So, give me a moment. And as far as the Panthers go, let me see who they play. It's working just fine. I don't know what the hell's going on in my mind. But anyways. Let's see. We got the Panthers. No, there's no bye week here. No, I ain't tripping. Oh yeah, they got the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, who I got for this game? I picked the Cardinals to win that game. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I the reason why I had the Panthers originally was for the simple fact that um, you know. Again, the sense of urgency was there. They needed a game. They needed a win bad. Um, and, you know, these divisional games, they play they play a big part of how these games, the outcome of these games go. Like, if I'm the Panthers, why wouldn't I want to win this game? You know what I mean? Like, I need, I need the win. I need this opportunity to show teams that we're a little bit serious. And, they, and mind you, the Panthers could have, 
could e- could easily be three and zero. Oh. Uh, let's be honest. They they lost by three to the Giants. Lost by one. They, they um, I'm sorry. They they lost by three to the Giants, and I believe week one they lost by two. And mind you, they had the game pretty much in hand with less than a minute, uh, less than a minute and thirteen seconds left, and they gave up a long field goal to end to to lose that game. And then when it came to the Giants game, they also lost to a, a by field goal towards the end of that game. So they could easily have been three and zero. Their defense is pretty good as well, just as as good as the Saints. Um, Kyler Murray and that offense do not look as efficient right now. Uh, they just lost AJ Green to a knee injury. They haven't got Rondell Moore back yet. Uh, they don't know how to use Isabella. Their running game is is non-existent. Their defense is fast, but it's not scaring nobody out here. Uh, they're already in one of the toughest divisions in the league. They need this. They, you know, they they're already owing two at home. Like, how are you owing two at home already? That's kind of crazy. But now they got to go across the country to play the Panthers. Vegas got Panthers at minus one and a half. There's gonna be some. There's a gonna, Vegas is ex- expecting some very close games. Um. I got the Panthers winning. Uh, excuse me. I got the Arizona Cardinals winning. Excuse me. Um, only for the simple fact that I think when it comes down to it, and once again, two two number one picks going against each other, two Heisman winners. Um, when it comes down to it, Kyler Murray is going to make the more plays than Mayfield will on his end. Uh, Mayfield is barely over 50% completion. I don't think they're going to make any changes there. They have to stick with them. For them to even pull out a win over there, they really need to get McCaffrey going. Like, he needs to be a threat on the the run game and the passing game. And he's already coming into the game questionable with a a thigh injury after he had an ankle situation. So, this will be yet to be seen. This will be a fun game to watch, I think, uh, because there's some great talent on both ends. and. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, but moving on, Houston versus Chicago Bears. I'm not going to get too into this because I didn't really get to uh, get too much detail off of this game. But all I could tell folks right now is that Justin Fields is having one of the worst quarterback seasons so far. Uh, if it wasn't for that running game they have, they would be they would be easily 0-3. They're 2-1, and and that's probably the worst 2-1 team in the league right now. Like even Houston at um their record, uh they're zero two one. They could have easily been Houston could be easily two two and uh they could easily been three and oh. If they if they if they were able to you know, you know, take care of business against Indy towards the end of that game, if they didn't, you know, shit themselves against Denver, uh and even in this Bears game if they didn't shit themselves in this like this is a this is a three and and0 team right now not to say they would have been a great that's not meaning they're a great team they're just they're playing better than their record uh Lovey Smith is gonna coach them up one way or another it doesn't matter and it's just crazy that I, I p- had picked them to win this game because I thought they had better talent than the Bears and the Bears found a way to win and shout out to the Bears on that one um these two teams next opponents are Houston's playing the the Chargers. I think that's going to be a big game for the Chargers to 
redeem themselves after that that face plant they did against fucking Jacksonville last week. Um, for Chicago, they'll be playing the Giants, who just lost on Monday Night Football to the Dallas Cowboys. This might be actually a game for the Giants to finally get their offense going. Uh, not to say that the Bears' defense is a bunch of slouches, but they're not world beaters, not even at the, not even close. Uh, so, uh, I got the Bears losing to the Giants in this game. Uh, Vegas got the Giants minus three. Uh, and as far as the Texans go, as I mentioned, they have the Chargers. Vegas got the Chargers minus five. I, I got the Chargers clearing that shit. There's no way they're going to lose consecutive games to an AFC South team. No way. And if they do, Bradley St- Brand- Brandon Stanley, is that his name? Is? I don't even fucking know his name. Whoever, what is his fucking name? Hold on. I had it right. Brandon Stanley, he's, his days are going to be numbered soon. If they can't pull out a win here and they go one and three in that fucking division, whoo, it's going to be, man, there's a lot of trouble. Man, they're, they're dealing with some injuries, boy. You know, Joey Bosa's already on IR. Keenan Allen today was poorly, he left the field, the practice field today due to the same hamstring issue. Eckler hasn't been able to run the ball well. They lost their starting left tackle. And I believe they, they, I think they lost another lineman. I can't remember. They just, oh, no, no. They lost one of their um, top four receivers to an ACL tear. They're in trouble. They're in trouble, especially if Herbert's rib situation is going to take a long time to heal. And he's going to have to be, he's going to be hesitant on throwing the ball to a certain direction or he's being hesitant in the pocket because he doesn't want to get hit. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble, so I, I'm I'm picking I'm picking the Chargers to win this, you know, e- like easily. But I, I sure hope I'm right, cause goddamn, they cannot afford to put themselves in a situation where they're gonna lose this game, lose that game, that game, and lose ground in that division. So, I got the Browns. I'm sorry, I got the <laughs> Chargers. I'm losing my train of thought because I'm just looking at shit right now. I got the Chargers and I got the the Giants winning in Week Four. My internet's working now. Thank God, that was annoying. But yeah, um, moving on. Moving the fuck on. All right, so Colts, Chiefs, week three. I had the Chiefs winning. I was so fucking wrong. I don't know what happened there. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. This is one of those games that the this is one of those like games that the Chiefs usually just give up, give up a give up a game for no reason. Like they they're obviously the more superior team in in this in that week, and they just gave up. And I'm not saying in a way like they didn't have the heart or the tenacity to do what they had to do to win. 
they gave up, meaning they just don't, they didn't finish all the way 60 minutes. And it's not like they didn't have opportunity. They had a few opportunities to close out that game, and they fucked it all up. But the Colts, the one thing I must say about the Colts, that's going, the theme of this whole episode is like, do not, do not, do not count anybody out. You can't count anybody out. People are already counting Matt Ryan out. It's only week three. He hasn't even had that team at healthy full. That defense is not even healthy yet. You're counting the man out. Matty Ice showed up. He out. If you want to talk about box scores, QB stats, he out. He outplayed Mahomes. He came up for the game. Mahomes. I'm not saying he didn't, but he didn't at the same at the same rate. He had a. He already. He's already having a little. Back and forth with his OC, which I think that's a little overblown. I think people just get too, you know, people get passionate. You work, we all work somewhere. And, and we always have it, we, sometimes we have a day. A day where we sit back and say, you know, I'm tired of this shit. And I'm going to talk back to my manager. Because I, I have a certain way I would prefer to do it, but the, my manager wants me to do it another way. We all have. So I think that's overblown. But I could tell it was due to, to a lot of frustration. They should have never been, been put in this situation where they're they they, they they're giving the Colts these opportunities to stick around and win. But Matty Ice showed up. He did. He had the game-winning drive. Mahomes had the game-losing drive. That's it. Straight up. We don't have to go into details. We don't have to go see what the offensive numbers were on both both sides defensive both teams played their asses off although um Matt Ryan was on the on the turf more than Mahomes was they both played their asses off and the worst thing you can do against a team that's kind of struggling is keep them around and that's what the what's the Chiefs are notorious of doing every so often every season they'll go against a team like a Tennessee or Buffalo, or whomever, the Patriots back when they had Brady, let them stick around, and then now you see comebacks happening. Like, what are you doing? You have one of the best, the greatest quarterbacks that we ever seen in our generation on your end, and you're shitting on yourself. It's ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, the Colts, they won 20-17. to 17. Now they're 1-1-1. One, one and one. Make a wish, someone. I guess is that a wish? Is that a wish combination there? I don't know. But anyways, they're going against going against Tennessee division division foe. Uh, this is going to be a huge game for both teams, like a huge game. They neither team. I mean, ne- both teams can they can lose and be okay. Don't get me wrong, they can. The division's not that strong, unless Jacksonville is really as good as they look right now. But this is a big game. We're, we're going to be looking at two premier backs, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. We're going to look at two quarterbacks that are serviceable. They're very good for for better than most, better than the majority. You know, there's only a, a handful of elites, maybe, you know, a handful to about eight elite quarterbacks, and then you have the rest. And they're part of the rest, but they're about part of that second tier of quarterbacks, only because of the accomplishments and how well they can play with whom they have. 
But um, Vegas got the Colts minus three and a half. Um, hmm. If I was a betting man, I'm taking the Titans plus three and a half. If your sports book is different, then your sports book is different. But if Vegas is saying minus three, uh, saying three and a half, give me the Titans. But as far as who wins this game, I did pick the Titans, so go for the tight. I'm going for the Titans here. I think I think Henry gets it going. I think this is the game Henry gets it going. I think uh, the Titans will give uh, the Colts a lot of uh, problems with their defense, defensive schemes. Um, although they're they're decimated by injury, but they 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 coach they get coached well. They get coached well, man. Like coaching plays a big part when you're like when you're when you have men, uh, you're if you have a few men down. But um, I expect it to be a close game one one way or another. Uh, so I got I got the Titans in that game. As far as the Chiefs go, the Chiefs are playing the Bucks. On Sunday night football, I will make my prediction on this one. Vegas got the Chiefs minus one. I got the Bucks winning. Straight up. Straight up. Because uh, Brady's going to get all his guys back. He's going to get Evans back. Julio is rumored to come back. He's, he's building confidence with the others. The offensive line is always gonna be is gonna continue to be an issue for them the rest of the season. They have no way around that. But that defense they have is insanely good. Um, this is a rematch of su- the the Super Bowl from a couple years ago. It's gonna be in Tampa. The fans are gonna be rallying up behind this Tampa team after this the hurricane just hit. Um. But then again, the Chiefs are looking for redemption. They got their ass kicked in the Super Bowl. In that same field. I got the Bucks. I got the Bucks. Brady's mad, man. He didn't want to lose to the Packers. He's a he's a historian. He's a he's an egotistical maniac. He did not want to lose to Rodgers and the Packers. He absolutely did not. So he's going to get his boys back. Um, I don't know if Godwin's going to play, but he's going to get some of his guys, his weapons back. Uh, The defense is stout. Very, very tough. Um, So that will be a fun game to watch. I I have prediction of the game. Give me the Chiefs, 38 to 34. I'm sorry. Give me the the Bucks thirty eight to thirty four. I said the Chiefs. I would usually choose the Chiefs in any other day, but it's give me the Bucks, the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady to win that game. Moving on, Rams versus Arizona. We already covered Arizona's Week Four. Uh, we'll cover the Rams Week Four as well. The Rams they got um, they won twenty to twelve. They're now two and one. Again, the Rams. I think they'll get better throughout the season. Do not get me wrong whatsoever about them. But I, I just don't. Something's not looking right. They, they, you know, Acres is finally the Acres woke up. They finally got Acres moving. 
Um, but they, 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 I don't know if they could figure out this whole Allen Robinson thing as a second option, passing game. Obviously, nobody can cover Cooper Cup. You can forget about that. Tell, show me someone who can, and I'll, I'll show you somebody making a million dollars. Nope, I can't find you. Sorry. Um, Cooper Cup is just a beast. Um, but again, this is a NFC West matchup. These these teams are gonna always go down to the wire. Like it was literally thirteen to nine. Thirteen to the nine. Oh, at almost one minute left in the third quarter before Akers scored that 14-yard touchdown. Rushing touchdown. It was 13-9. to nine. What that tells me is this. For one, Stafford, he had a decent game. But he's not playing lights out. They need him to start playing lights out if they really want to repeat. For two... Arizona is throwing the ball way too much for Murray. Way too much. They, they already lost A.J. Green for an extended period of time. They got some guys that they're throwing to now. They need to find a way to survive this, 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 what it looks to be a rough patch till DeAndre Hopkins comes back. But right now, they just don't look right. Neither team looks right, and neither – but what's funny enough is both teams could flip flop their records and be and it would be the same to me. Arizona's now Arizona's now one and two. The Rams are now two and one. We already spoke on the the Cardinals week four, but the Rams week four opponent is the San Francisco 49ers. They will be playing on Monday night football in San Francisco. Niners are minus one and a half. Vegas got the minus one and a half. Give me the Rams. Give me the goddamn Rams straight up. I think this is the game where the Rams will finally wake the fuck up. Um, and I'm talking about when I say wake the fuck up, like they'll explode. Uh, not to say that, again, San Francisco's no slouch. This might be a game that San Francisco's looking at and say, hey, listen, out of the last five games, we've won four of those five. It was only the last game of the uh, of the, the the last game of our season in the playoffs that we lost, and we lost by three. So you could say, "Hey, San Francisco might win this game." They got the defense. Jimmy G's back there. Not to say he's a he's been lighting it up, but Jimmy G's back there. Kyle Shanahan and the gang against his former predecessor. Or his predecessor, my, uh, Sean McVay, he owns them. Shanahan owns McVay currently. But give me the Rams. I think the Rams will figure it out in this game. Um, this is another uh, primetime game. So in primetime, I got the Rams winning 27. 23. I think they're going to get off on a huge lead and take their foot off the, the gas a bit, which will allow for the 49ers to make it closer, somewhat of a close game, but not really. I don't think the I don't think the Niners have enough with Jimmy G 
after what I saw against Denver. So beat the Rams straight up. That hangover, that championship hangover is going to be gone. They got a lot of electrolytes in their body now. They're ready to win. Um, as much as I'm not a big Stafford guy, he's still he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So he'll have to figure it out and get it going. It's just really all about getting a couple of their weapons going, you know. So uh, it'll be yet to be seen, but I, I do truly believe this is going to be the outcome. The Rams will win, um, and they will uh, and I got them straight up money line. Speaking of San Francisco, they played the Denver Broncos and they lost by one. It was literally a baseball game. <laughs> a couple guys hit grand slams. You know, some guy stole home. I don't know. Another guy, you know, ran out of bounds. And even though there's no out of bounds in baseball, like, what? The, I don't know. You tell me. Broncos. So they won. 11 to 10. The Broncos situation is alarming, but the one thing you could take away from their, that team is that they're going to stay in games defensively. Um, offensively, it's going to take some time. I think I said this um, amongst my group of friends that I really do think this team can get it together eventually because it takes time. Like I said, you can't just give up on something that you invested on. You invested $250 million, a quarter, a quarter billion on a quarterback. You hired a coach that had a good resume because he was a court offensive coordinator of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You got the weapons and the tools for Russell Wilson to cook. The two pretty good running backs, but the problem is, is that they're not structuring their offense to his skill set. Russell Wilson, when he was at his most dominant, was giving threats of coming out of the pocket and running. I can remember all those times when he used to play the Packers, when he was beating the Niners, when he was dominating the NFC with the Seahawks and their defense. And I know people want to sit there and be like, well, they had one of the best defenses. He didn't have to really do much. Yeah, he won some games for them. He won a lot of games for them, actually. He was a fucking gamer. But the thing is, a lot of teams, even when they schemed properly for him and made him get flustered and throw a lot of picks, he still was sticking around. And he never looked like a guy who was dejected. He was always in the game. And that's the one thing I always will respect and like about Russell Wilson is that he's never, even with all the off-the-field comments people make about his marriage and his relationship and how he wants to carry himself, he doesn't get flustered. He he just he'll make he'll make a mockery of how you feel about him. That's how he is as a player. So I love Russell Wilson for that. Um, The game should have been the Broncos. The Broncos need to just find a way to have their identity. Like they need a game to 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 show off their identity. Um and hopefully the next game against the Raiders which red alert for the Raiders. Red fucking alert. Like they cannot afford to lose this one. 0 and 4. 0 and 4, man. Like I couldn't even imagine being 0 and 4. And I'm in the AFC West. Josh McDaniels, like does he really want to get fired after <laughs> After 0-4, I don't think they will. That would be highly disappointing. 
to see that happen to him. Um, he deserves better than that. Um, I don't think it's all him, honestly. It's it's they have a very tough schedule. They have a very tough. They just have to. It's not easy, man. Again, it's not easy to win games in the NFL or any type of sport. Um, they're zero and three right now. Broncos are obviously two and one. They'll be in. They will be in Vegas for this game. Vegas got them minus two and a half, the Raiders. I personally have chosen the Raiders to win. I think the urgency is high right now. Devontae Adams is speaking out on how disappointed and frustrating it is right now for him. Um, you know, I don't know if Hunter Renfro will be available for this game. He's concussed. I Again, I saw, I think I mentioned that last game. I apologize for making a jokey joke about is the hit that was put on him. Uh, they they need a game. They need a game to finally get over the hump. So um, we'll, I have the Raiders winning. Um, whether or not they cover, um, minus two and a half, I can see them covering that. Absolutely. They can win by a field goal or two. I don't think it's one of those games where they're going to be blowing the hell out of Denver. I think Denver is just really a well-structured defense. They could handle themselves well when it comes to close games and such because they've already went through three games in a row where they were close, even though they wasn't the best, you know, toughest opponents, the toughest offensive opponents. But it's still a, a, a NFL offense. It's a professional NFL team. Never count them out, ever. So, again... I got the Raiders, and if I miss uh, what my lock is, uh, I apologize. I'm kind of running on my own little fumes right now. And speaking of the Raiders, uh, their week three was actually against Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans beat them by two. It was 24-22. Um, the Tennessee Titans were up 24-10 most of the game. And then the Raiders started building up a bit of a comeback, and they fell short. Um, In that game, I mean, it was not much of a game to be like, you know, to celebrate at all, honestly. You know, both quarterbacks played decent. Uh, Henry still trying to get his legs underneath him. Uh, He got 85 yards. Um, I think what was... Big on this game was that, once again, uh, once again, Darren Waller, nothing. Devontae Adams, nothing. He had a touchdown, but, you know, with being a high-target receiver and just getting five catches for 36 yards, teams are scheming. They're scheming on him. And that's what was happening when he was with Green Bay. Green Bay wasn't able to be balanced with their passing game, they were focused on, they were zeroing in with 50 targets, 15 targets to the guy, goddamn, every game. So when teams like uh, a team that's well-coached defensively sees that, yeah, they're going to fucking take advantage of that shit. You know what I mean? Uh, I already covered Tennessee's week four matchup, and I just covered all uh, uh, the Raiders. But yeah, that uh, Vegas Titans game, uh, I had chose the Titans to win that game, so I feel kind of proud about that. 
Um, <laughs> it was a big sense of urgency for the Titans. They needed that game big time, big time. Um, moving on. This was probably the game of the week to a lot of people. Miami at home against the Buffalo Bills. Miami won 21 to 19. Um, I'll get a little bit of a detail in this. Not too crazy, but a couple, a few things I noticed about this game. One is both teams are very damn good. Uh, even though the score was what it was, I think people shouldn't get too up in arms of how that went. I think the next time they play each other will be maybe more high-flying because they'll be a little bit healthier maybe. Um, and the season will be half gone a little bit further in. Uh, the other thing I noticed was Miami Miami realized playing man-to-man, especially getting Xavier Howard on digs and blitzing occasionally, in which they're high volume, they're pretty high volume with the blitzes, especially corner blitzes. But when they mixed it up, they really gave Josh Allen fits. And I think another thing, Buffalo needs to figure a way to get the running game going. This is not... Josh Allen, all, with all due respect, because I love the kid, with all due respect, he is not Lamar. You can't design a run up the middle for him. You maybe you could, but he's not Lamar. He's just not Lamar Jackson, man. Like, And it's not me gassing Lamar Jackson. It's just we can see it with our own two naked eyes that Lamar Jackson is the ultimate weapon at quarterback. He can do everything from there now. And so can Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is throwing the ball 63 times. <laughs> he's sitting there throwing it 63 times and he got sacked four times. So it's, he's getting touched. You know what I'm saying? He's getting touched and, and then he's putting himself at harm's way. He didn't turn over the ball or anything. He did actually, I'm sorry. He, he Out of his three fumbles, he lost one. But I'm saying he didn't throw it away. And then on top of that, Diggs was, you know, for the majority of the game, he was slowed down. They were... You know, they're pass- I guess their running game is passing it to their backs out of the, out of the flats. But it's like, you still got to establish something to give fear to the, the, the defense. Because when the defense is blitzing you like that or teeing off at the ends, that means they don't fear not one bit about you running the ball. The one thing I could give Miami credit is that they, I mean, they don't really run the ball either, but they will sprinkle it in and sit in situations that make sense. And I don't think they had a lot of drives to begin with anyways, so that's why, you know, you can see their numbers and Tua just having thir- being 13 for 18. Uh, you can see that, you know, their leading rusher was Chase Edmonds, but he had two running touchdowns in the red zone. And it was just, you know, Waddle was the only guy over 100 yards. But on defense, they were going crazy. Like, I thought... Javon Holland was going to win Defensive Player of the Week for the AFC. I, and when I was watching the tape, he was everywhere. Like, he was everywhere. He had made, he probably made maybe two or three plays of the game. Picking up Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram in the um, in free agency has been one of the biggest moves they've made. And, you know, they got a sprinkle of a few Patriot, ex-Patriot players in there. They got Xavier Howard. Uh, they just got some guys. They got some gamers. They got some fellas that want to. They they balling, and they they they're tough. And they and these guys trust their coach. 
They believe in Mike McDaniels. They do. And it's working for him. Not to say Sean McDermott is not getting trusted by his players because they they love him too. They they this shit came down to the wire, folks. I cannot wait till they play again. Like it's gonna be fucking electric. Unfortunately, it's gonna be in Buffalo. So if it isn't December that they play again, I don't even know when they play again. Um, if it is in December, then it's gonna suck for Miami because I don't think they want to play in that shit. But you never say never. I remember seeing Ricky Williams going out there and kicking ass. In the snow against Buffalo. He used to own that motherfucking team. Um, but uh, with all that being said, I'm going to go straight directly into Miami playing tonight against the Bagels. Um, did I ever? Did I already cover this? I did not. No, I did not. Uh, they will be playing the Bengals. Um, and the Bengals, I'm sorry to tell y'all, I got the Miami Dolphins winning. Vegas got the Bengals at minus three and a half. Uh, I'll t- I will take Miami straight up in this game. A lot of people are on the Bengals. I get it. They looked good last week. Uh, but I personally see nothing. Uh, Miami's like a chameleon team, man. They could go, they could go toe-to-toe with you in the passing game. But if you want to play uh, hard nose in the trenches, your guys versus my guys, 11 on 11, hat on the hat, in like literally line of scrimmage wars, Miami is one of them teams that can do that. Not to say Cincinnati is not capable of. They had a great game out of Hendrickson, and some of their defensive guys started to wake up this game. And then, you know, um, Yeah, Burrow started finding finding his way in the passing game. Like, yeah, this this is gonna be you know Cincinnati's gonna look good a lot of times. Don't get me wrong, but Miami's just a good team. It's overall they're a good team. I'm just looking at the fact that they're a good team, constructed team right now. Right now, it, it might all change. You know, injuries play a huge part. Like Tua being hurt um, towards the end of that first half, and then when Bridgewater walked in there, you you could almost certainly see that the Bills could have just taken advantage of that and just whooped that ass. Because Bridgewater did not look as comfortable back there as Tua does. Tua barely got touched. That's a big thing, man. Like, that's that's why, you know, you got to just focus and understand that without a, the, the, without those big men on the line, these games could be really different. And that was, I think, the biggest difference between Miami winning and the Buffalo Bills losing. It was... Who won in the trenches? Buffalo looks like the team that's more of a team that would be like, you know, give you fits because they're they're tough nose, they're hard nose, they're from the cold. You know what I'm saying? They're the Bills. You know what I'm saying? But Miami is showing that they're not only are they a finesse team that's fast as shit, but they could they could put their nose down and get dirty. Um, as far as the Bills go, they're actually playing the Baltimore Ravens. In Baltimore, Vegas got the minus three. I, myself, got the Bills winning. This might be a shootout. I thought Miami and Bills was, the Miami in the, in, in the Buffalo game of last week was going to be a shootout. So I was wrong as hell. This might be the one. The Mars playing shot, light, lights out. Josh Allen's obviously, those two, two quarterbacks are the, early on favorites for MVP. 
And whoever comes out of this game as Victor may be taking that number one spot for a few weeks. Uh, but both defenses, uh, especially Baltimore's, is really, really, really struggling. Uh, it could be a, could be several reasons why. Lack of a pass rush. Some of the guys are still coming back from injury. Like they just they just signed Jason Pierre Paul because they have no pass rush. They cannot stop the run. They they cannot they can stop the run, but they cannot be consistent with the run game. Um, like they let Mac Jones light them up, and even though he did throw three interceptions, he was still lighting them up. Um, and with the Bills, they 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 they're gonna get their all pro safety back, but Micah hides out for the year. No Trey White, the rookie, he's hurt. Uh, I, I'm not sure if their two interior linemen, um, defensive linemen, will be back for this game. And if they are, then it's going to be a tough game for Lamar because uh, that's another thing. He's, he's, their, he's their weapon. He's running the ball. He's, he leads the team in rushing. He might even end this season with 1,000 yards again rushing, 10 touchdowns. Um, but he's threading the needle, man. He he's he's showing to the whole league that he can play quarterback. And I never questioned his his play at all as a quarterback. I knew he was going to be better and better throughout the years. And especially when you give the kid opportunities, I thought he was going to get better regardless. Um, but I got the Bills in this game. I love I love Baltimore. I love Lamar. But it's going to be too much Josh Allen and the boys. I don't know if they could really cover. I mean, Marlon Humphrey. And and um, Marlon Humphrey and Peters, if they're if they feel like if they're seventy five to eighty percent, maybe they could keep up with Steph Diggs, but I could see that boy getting busy on them too. So, um, but yeah, we 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 we're gonna go with the Buffalo Bills in this game. All right, moving on. I already talked about the Vikings. Their week four, and um, but. Week three, they had the Detroit Lions, as I mentioned. They sneaked by them and won the game. Uh, they scored 14 unanswered to end the game. And um, they they got out of there by the skin of their teeth, man. Like, they they could have they could have lost the game. They could have. Uh, I don't know what was it that, the I mean, the Lions are the Lions. <laughs> and I hate to say it. I love seeing how they play, but. The Lions are the Lions. They 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 um they find a way to lose one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Like they have the they have the pieces. They really do. They just can't get it together. Now they have some injuries to key guys like Amon Ray St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, they're talking about, might not be back till week seven. They might send them out through the the bye. So there they are. Uh Minnesota has, uh, for one is also dealing with injuries. Cook Hurt his shoulder, um, but it, it, he's 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 trending more on the upper end to play week four. Um, but they're not getting; they can't get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Six targets, three three catches, fourteen yards, no tugs. Like he, he, I don't know. Maybe they thought they were playing the Packers every week. Uh, they need to get it together for for the sake of that. That's their offense. He is their offense. Like yes, they have Dalvin Cook. Yeah, they have Cousins. Yeah, they have Thielen. Yeah, they have Irv Smith Jr. Like, but he is their offense. Like, when he goes, they win. Um, they need to figure that out um, as a unit. Uh, and on top of that, Minnesota's just struggling. 
getting pressure. Like, I'm I'm surprised Goff didn't have bigger numbers. He didn't get touched. He did not get touched. So, again, they won. Uh, I already went over week four. But as far as the Lions go, they are playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they will be at home. They're actually favorites once again. And I think I mentioned that not too long ago. Um, they were favorites for the first time in a long time two weeks ago. Now they're favorites again against Seattle. I got them um, beating the Seattle Seahawks as well. Uh, and I did I did make a joke about Gino and what he said. And he's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a rude awakening for him. They're not gonna see a lot of winning, man. They're gonna be, they're gonna compete. Don't get me wrong, they're gonna compete. But um, the Lions, this is a great spot for them to, you know, get back to 500. Um, there's not much I have to say about that team. I've, I've, you know, given them a lot of grace these last few weeks um, because I see something in a team like that, a young team and in a team with a lot of uh, first rounders. Uh, they're finally getting it together. Uh, it'd be a shame if they do lose to the Seahawks. Uh, Vegas got the minus four. I could see them covering that uh, by a couple field goals or at least a touchdown or two, or a touchdown and a field goal. So uh, give me the give me the Detroit Lions against the Seahawks. Almost done here, folks, and I appreciate y'all for just sticking around with me, listening to me blab all fucking night or all fucking day whenever you do end up listening to this. Uh, next game is uh, New England at home against Baltimore. That was their first game at home. Uh, I did mention that Lamar, that Lamar had um, had a – did I even mention that? Well, he's having a great season. Let's say that. Uh, the game was going back and forth for a while, and then um, the Ravens opened up the can of whoop-ass at the end. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate fans. I love fans that have perspective. I have perspective. I take shit. I could take shit as a moral victory, but I'm also a realist. Um, New England is not the same, folks. Like they're gonna look good in many games. There's gonna be games they're gonna have to look good. They have no choice. But when you're turning turning over the ball four times versus their two, you're not going to win a lot of games. Hell no. And for them to stick around, that's impressive. Yes, they're getting coached well for to stick around. Duh. But, dude, like, Mac Jones gave it up three times. Like, why? What? He still threw. He only had 10 incompletions, over 300 yards. But that's three interceptions, man. Even if one was not even his fault, that's still three. Lamar only had Lamar. Lamar was eighteen for twenty nine, two hundred eighteen yards. So he he had a he had a lot of attempts. He had his his yards per attempt probably wasn't so high, but he was still effective because he had eleven carries for one hundred and seven yards. So he, in total, it's no different. It's like the same. It's like he you know his his feet are like a pass. He's he's gaining positive yards. And I'm not trying to compare the two. Mac is a young, young quarterback, still a second year guy, doesn't really have a true offensive coordinator. A lot of weird stuff is going on over there. Like, and as everybody already knows, he he uh got hurt on his final play of the game where he threw an interception. And um 
they are saying that it is a high ankle sprain, a severe one, but he's also saying that he don't count him out. Told you it's the theme of the week. He's saying don't count me out for this week against the Packers. Hmm. I call a bluff on that one. I call bullshit. But anyways, sticking to the game. Obviously, Baltimore is having a lot of, lot of trouble with the defense. And Lamar's going to be having to save them most of the, most of the season. Um, but as far as New England, go- New England goes, it looks like they finally figured out their identity on offense. But with that, what, what came with that was that what, what, what I'm realizing about this team is that the teams they're playing, they played them well defensively. But then their defense just has laps. They lapse a lot. They have some lapses. Like in the middle of the field, they have their mess. I don't know if it's the if Devin McCourty is becoming a, a lesser version of himself. I don't know if it's because the linebackers don't get a lot of depth when they're playing zone. Uh, I don't know if it's because their defensive line really can't stop a run up the middle. Like up the middle, they just look pedestrian. So, with that being said, we all know, I do absolutely know that they are playing my team the Green Bay Packers who have just came out of a victory against the Buccaneers last week and I will I will cover that game in a bit this is the highest spread total uh highest spread for the week minus nine and a half and that more more than anything has to do with the fact that Mac Jones may may be actually doubtful for this game um it's going to be in Lambeau I think the Packers are going to smack smack them up, man. And it might not be it might not look pretty anyways. It might look like one of those like, you know, Patriots take a 7 or or a 10 to 3 lead type of shit going into the mid- middle of the second quarter. But I think eventually the Packers will just start getting it together. Their defense is going to start smacking them up. Brian Hoyer thinks he's who he thinks he is. <laughs> I know who he is. I remember when he played with the Bears. He got slapped up and got replaced by Matt Bar- Barkley. So it's like, let's not let's not stand on ceremony here. We 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 already we could I could tell you right now, it's not gonna look pretty. Um, if Green Bay could get it together on offense, um, and I'm gonna go into that more in depth about how their offense is playing. But you could never count out Bill Belichick and his coaching. Um, I believe this is Matt LaFleur's first time as a coach t- coaching against Bill Belichick. So can he get out coached by him? Very likely. Can they win in Lambeau, the Patriots? Maybe. Do I believe that's going to happen? Hell no. And if I'm wrong, damn. <laughs> But um, but no, nah, I got the Packers winning, and I have them covering absolutely. Um, even if they had Mac Jones, I don't see what they do on offense versus what the Patri- the Packers have seen in the last. I mean, the Packers went against the Bears with a bad quarterback. They went against when they go against top tier or middle of the the road like decent quarterbacks like a Kirk Cousin, they do struggle because those type of teams find spots in that defense to exploit them and then they know how to they know that the Packers are trying to fill themselves way fill their way through the season with that offense. So 
they know the flaws. So, with that being said, like I said, I got the pack. So, New England at one and two right now. They're gonna have they're gonna have some uh, tough road to to climb, a tough hill to climb. Excuse me. Dealing with the Packers and dealing with the fact that they may they may end up struggling going forward without Mac. Going to our next game. We're almost done, folks. We got a couple more games to go, but we're almost done. Jacksonville with the surprise of the week beating the Chargers. I wish I could have said that they beat them because Justin Herbert wasn't there. He was there. If and as they say, if you're if you're um if you're playing, that means you're healthy enough to play. So there should there's no I'm not gonna give him any excuses because he was hurt. He knew he was hurt. The team knew he was hurt. If they really wanted to be cautious about it, they could have sat him. Um, that means the outcome of the game could have been could have stayed the same. That's all that means. Uh, the one thing I must say out of this game, I want to point out, is Trevor Lawrence again. Like I mentioned last time, he just looks good. He looks comfortable out there uh, behind in in the pocket. He got both his uh, running backs healthy, playing lights out. They gave him weapons, man. Like, Marvin Jones was just a filler last year. Now he's not even their number one. Like, he's the, he's the vet. He's the vet when they need a third down type shit. But they picked up Kirk, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. They picked up uh, Evan Ingram. These are fast, serviceable um, wide receivers. or pass catchers. Um, ATN, James Robinson, these guys... These are good fucking offensive players, and not to not for nothing. Defensively, they look amazing, like because they're young, they're fast. This is like a dream come true for some from for some NFL coaches, like being able to sculpt out the team that you want into one to look as you want it to look. Like Trevor Lawrence, as many already know, he he has like that Peyton Manning aura, that Andrew Luck aura. Like he was very good for all his 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 football life since he was a kid. And he finally seen some losing. But those guys I just mentioned took took year two for them to turn it around and look like an actual good team. Um, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Jacksonville might be fool's goal for all we know. Uh, they did win this game. They're now 2-1. and one. They beat the Chargers who are now 1-2. and two. I already covered the Chargers. I told y'all already. They shall and they should beat Houston. Um, but Jacksonville, they're going to have a tough one on their hands with the Philadelphia Eagles. They are playing Philly in Philly. The Eagles are already start. Uh, Vegas got them at minus six and a half. I, I can see them absolutely hitting that number. Um, I have a hard time seeing them losing this game. Um, even with the Jags looking as good as they do. Uh, Jalen Hurts is my... In my MVP ranking, Jalen Hurts is my second in the MVP ranking. Um, and I already said it. And I don't know if I mentioned it in the pod before, but I, like I said, I don't. I find a lot of the Bama, former Bama quarterbacks as mid. And when I say mid, I mean just slightly above average. But they're as good as the talent you give them. We're talking about guys who play 
with receivers that are game fucking changers. So I'm I'm proud of the organization, the Eagles organization, going out their way and plugging in AJ Brown, drafting Devontae Smith, you know what I'm saying? Um finally starting Goddard full time, even though I know he was starting when they did 12 personnel, but doesn't matter. He's the man now. And they sprinkle in their running backs that do that are boomer bust, but you know, him as a quarterback hurts given the threat of running, you know, puts a lot of these defenders on their heels. And then he could he he just throws a very good, a pretty good deep decent deep ball. He he's he's controlling and commanding his offense. And we should already have known this from jump. The kid was the same kid who got benched over to like two of started over him in a championship game. His humility is paying off. He's getting he's receiving his grace now. And I'm I'm happy to see it. I and I'll be the first one to tell you I wasn't I'm not ex- I wasn't excited about him playing. I didn't I did not expect this. And I, I, it'd be a shame for some of these Eagle fans to think that think the same either, but they will say otherwise. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, um, I can see them. Win, I, I, they, they should win this game. I, I, like I said on um, on Instagram when I posted when they showed that the Eagles in Miami are the only undefeated teams in the league. I said they sh- they will continue to be undefeated after this week. And I truly believe that. So, give me the damn Eagles. Give me the Eagles. And speaking of the Eagles, they slapped up the Commanders last week. Should have been by more. They only scored 24, and that was all in the second quarter. But their defense is very good. This was an opportunity for Wentz to have redemption. He lost that opportunity. (laughs) Oh, man. I thought it was going to be a little bit closer than this, only for the sake that, you know, he wanted to save face. But it's a shame to see it. This is exactly what type of team I believe the Commanders were going to be, and they're showing themselves right then and there. Um, so, yeah, the Commanders, uh, Eagles, 24-8, Eagles. The Eagles are 3-0 and going into week four. The Commanders are 1-2 and going into week four, and they're going to be playing the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they, Vegas got the Cowboys at minus three. Uh, hmm. I got the Cowboys. Don't don't get me wrong. I got the Cowboys. I'm not gonna say otherwise. Uh, I think that spread is kind of uh, misleading. Should definitely be higher than that. But I guess because we don't we don't trust Cooper Rush. But Cooper Rush got, took care of business, man. He took care of business against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. The Cowboys went 23 to 16. Zeke, Zeke and um, Pollard. Uh, Combined for over 170 yards, rushing. Both got a touchdown, I believe. Oh, no, just Zeke. Zeke got a touchdown. Uh, It looked more like a vintage Zeke game to me, as I expected. Saquon uh, had a big run in a key moment, but they, you know, the Giants' offense struggled. They're trying to figure it out. They're not who I, you know, they are who I thought they were. And I, I feel like a lot of people were expecting this cardiac giant shit to keep going. For them to be successful, they really need to get it going with Daniel Jones. Like, he can't just be 
a check down passer and anything like that. Like that's not the type of guy he is. He's a he he needs to he's a he has an explosive arm. He's an athletic quarterback. You gotta open up the can for him. You gotta let him go. Let them let him loose. Do what he gotta do. Um, but as I mentioned, I have Dallas winning against the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders they 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 they're gonna go one and, they're gonna go one and three after this game. Okay. Uh, last but not least, the game of the week: Goat versus Goat. Packers over the Buccaneers. Both teams are now two and one. Green Bay. Going back to Lambeau to play New England, I already gave you the outcome of that, and I also spoke on the Tampa Bay game, which is going to be on Sunday Night Football. So, I just want to speak on a few things on this game. Um, the narratives. For one, cut it out. Please, people, stop. I get it. Brady's a GOAT. Brady's a, uh, amazing. He could do... He could make... Chicken salad out of chicken shit, as they would say. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, just because he doesn't have his receivers doesn't mean that Pack the Packers and Aaron Rodgers had his. He had maybe, you know, he had Randall Cobb and Lazard, but he was throwing it to fucking Romeo Dobbs, okay? Juwan Winfrey, Tyler Davis. Who are these people? You know what I'm saying? Brady, you know, Brady was... Throwing it to guys that he had on pre at, during preseason training camp, Russell Gage, that's a professional receiver. He's not no rookie. You know what I'm saying? Perryman's been on that system for a while. Yeah, Dardane, I think you know, get it, I get it. Cole Beasley just just stepped on the field, and Scotty Miller, I think he's overrated. He's a fast fucking receiver. He has guys. He's he's gonna throw it to. He's gonna get guys the ball, but to for people to th to to just minimize the issues in the Packers offense that they're having with like injuries with Sammy Watkins going to IR, Christian Watson missed the game. They have nothing after that. They don't really have a premier receiver that they're throwing to. They couldn't even get the ball going on the ground because obviously Tampa's defense is really good. I think out of this game, what people need to realize is that you have to give credit where credit is due when it comes to the, the, defenses of all, both teams both teeth both teams defenses <laughs> barely gave up rushing yards the Packers only had 67 yards out of 25 carries Fournette only had like 30 some odd yards okay Brady got 271 yards with almost 10 more attempts than Rodgers and he got sacked three times so something, even if even when he's a, when he's man down, he's still very effective. Same with Rodgers. When they're man down, they're even better sometimes because they don't have to zero in on a particular receiver. You have to play guessing games now. Where are they going with the ball? What happened in this game was was pretty simple. Green Bay knew they had to keep the ball out of his hands. They had long drives and more possessions. They had key turnovers at certain points. And keep this in mind as well. If Aaron Jones did not fumble that ball at the one-yard line and they actually were able to score or even get three points, not, not even three points, if they were able to score, and I think that was still in the second quarter, we're talking about 21 to three by the end of that half. And everybody would have been shitting their pants 
and making they would have to change their whole entire perspective of how they looked at this game. But again, folks like to make excuses for other for certain players based on what how they how their biases are. Fine, cool. I'm not here to tell nobody to like the Packers or nobody to like Aaron Rodgers, but call a spade a spade. If the same personnel issues that Brady is having, Rodgers is having the same. They both were under they were both struggling at points of the game because both they, both of them were playing very good defenses. It's very simple. It's a team sport. Why do people forget this shit? I don't understand. But I guess maybe because, you know, it's easier to talk about the quarterback being the, the man, he touches the ball the most, and he makes the best decisions in the game that lead to victories, and I get it. So congratulations to the Packers for winning that game. That might be that might have been, we don't know, that might have been the last time we see those two goats go against each other in the same game, unless they play in the NFC Championship or in the playoffs. So. I was excited to watch that game. It was I was impressed. I was happy. And of course, as a fan, it felt good to see that they won that. And I already covered the next game for each team. So that was my recaps of week three and my previews of week four. Um, I'm going to touch on a couple things before we end this episode. Uh, much apologies. Before I get too further on, uh, my insider had a lock. On tonight's Thursday night game, obviously most of you are not going to hear this until after the folk, after the game, but he 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 got the Cincinnati Bengals covering the spread on that one. Uh, but I'll be a little bit better on the consistency on that. That's my fault. Been a busy week, you know, life be life. And but anyways, uh, wanted to close out my episode. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple things. Uh, one being in the world of baseball, two big milestones were reached. One was Mr. Albert Pujols. Albert the Machine, the Machine Pujols, hit 700 on his home run uh, total. Uh, he is one of three Major League Baseball players in history to get to 700 plus 700 or 700 and more home runs in his career. Big shout out to Albert Pujols. Um, to those who know a lot about baseball, uh, he's had a very long career, but the same old swing. Like, that's why they call him the machine. He looks just, he, he does it. Everything looks so fluently the same, has never changed that whatsoever. Um, shout out to Albert Pujols on his accomplishment. Um, and also shout out to Aaron Judge, um, a Yankee player. You know, I'm going to celebrate that. Uh, he accomplished tying the American League home run total for the season, single season record of 61 home runs. And uh, he is one away from beating that record. And for many, for many, they're saying that they believe that is the true home run record if he does get 62. Me personally, I'm not going to discount um, what Roger, um, excuse me, what uh, Barry Bonds did, what Sammy Sosa did, what Mark McGuire did, 
No fucking way am I doing that. Um, steroid error or not, the hardest thing ever in any sport to do is hit a baseball and to not only hit a baseball, to hit it far. And to... Um, And to not give them credit for that, that's 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 that sucks, and that's why baseball is where it's at now. Um, they not for for one, they accepted the the steroid era, and then for two, they decided to bash any and everybody who was involved to the point where it, the sport became even more unattractive, especially if you had a team or for if you had teams in smaller markets, you can't celebrate the sport. You can't. Um, and those milestones should have been more celebrated than they were, uh, and they weren't, and it's unfortunate, and even great players like a Barry Bonds and a Mark, well, I wouldn't say Mark McGuire was a great player, but they were transcending players as much as we don't want to believe that. We even say Roger Clemens. Um, for them to not ever be, they'll never ever be able to go into the Hall of Fame will be a, you know, it's, it's a shame. Uh, that's the reason why baseball is going to struggle being attractive as an American game, an American sport. Football will always be king. Um, soccer is still going to be the greatest, one of the greatest international sports out there. Basketball, second greatest international sport out there. You know, it's attractive. It doesn't get um, criticized by its own peoples. When I say that, I'm, I'm saying, like, they don't say, hey, that record has an asterisk. Like, how many times did you have to hear asterisk in baseball? It's crazy. But, again, shout out to those two players, man. Those are great accomplishments, huge milestones. You'll probably never see someone get to 700 again in baseball. By the way, how these players' careers don't go, really last as long as they usually do, as they used to. Same goes for single-season records. You may see it again. You don't know, but, you know, it's very rare to see it now. It's, re it's very rare to see somebody get 50 um, just because the, these players are much more athletic and they're, they're not generally, like, although there's more home runs being hit now than there ever was before, but for various reasons, but, like, individually, players don't really hit a lot of home runs. They, I mean, they average about 35 to 40. I'm just getting spitballing a number out there, but I'm almost assuming that's exactly what it is. So, but anyways, Aaron Judge, although he's a Yankee, uh, much respect. Um, I'm just glad it didn't happen to the Red Sox, as corny as it sounds. I'm just glad it happened outside of that, and he's able to get that monkey off his back as far as, you know, accomplishing that. Um, it's a big feat, and... Uh, I don't know. Yankees and whoever else is looking at him at free agency, you better start putting some more zeros into that freaking checkbook because that man is about to get paid. Um, so shout out to them. And then I'm going to end this episode with um, some update, a uh, quick little update about the Celtics. Uh, training camp has officially started for the team. I believe first preseason game is next week. Uh, and as we all already know, the Ime Adoka situation, um, which we don't know, we still don't have broad information about it, just speculation. 
Uh, I'm not going to get into detail because I am not TMZ. I am not the one to give you straight up information. Uh, I can only tell you from what I know. And what I know is this. The players did not know, or as they would say, they're saying that they did not know and they got thrown off, off guard of the whole situation. And that's so unfortunate. And what people need to understand is that Again, I don't. I believe I mentioned this in my last episode, but justifying somebody's transgressions is such an American thing to do. Um, <laughs> I, I know I'm American, but I'm saying that only because we like you know the comments people made was like, oh, that's just a little bit of cheating. People cheat all the time, blah 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 blah. blah. It, but people don't understand. It's not about the cheating. It's not about the scandal. It's about the actions that led to it, or what's what what the actions that were happening during or after. If your organization is saying multiple offenses, that means you were already told before to cut it out and you decided not to. So that's what it comes down to. It seems like that was the situation. And it seems like uh, from what I've heard from a clip from Matt Barnes when he was with uh, Lad TV, he's saying straight up, if the tea gets spilled, his career is more than likely over. So, as they said, uh, like like I said, the tra- in training camp and the media day, players were said to have been caught off guard, and they were um, more than likely disappointed if they really did not know what was going on. And um, that plays a huge part, and that's why I said that I don't think he's going to coach this team any longer. Like, the organization holds you to a high standard. The public will hold you to a high standard when you have a role of that such, especially in a illustrious franchise like the Boston Celtics. And when you do something of any sorts that brings a lot of judgment to your character, how can they trust you again? And it's not this has nothing to do with him being black or him being you know, anything. It, it really all comes down to his integrity, his morals. When you have a high-paying job that asks for a lot of responsibilities, they will scrutinize you when you do wrong. That's simple as that. It ha- and as much as people want to make it seem like it is black and white, these white motherfuckers, again, is punishments too. It just doesn't get talked about a lot amongst black people because we focus on our own kind most times, especially when it comes to sports. They're getting scrutinized and kicked out of their teams and all that shit too. It just doesn't get it doesn't get circulate it doesn't circulate as much because we and I could speak on the black Twitter community will run and tell that with any topic that has to do with somebody in that's of black celebrity or black high position. So, and I didn't want to really go that far and say all that shit, but I'm just, you know, calling a spade a spade. Because uh, the reality is, like I said, if tea is spilt, if all that tea ends up being spilt, He's more than likely never going to be coaching one and, get, and, and not another in the NBA game ever again. And that's going to be a whole entire shame. And I was, I'm not going to say I was, like, I think I said that before. I'm not going to say I was the biggest fan of the hire. 
I respected the hire. I, I, and when the hire happened, I was happy because, for one, I wanted to see a black coach here. I think black coaches should be all over the NBA, for one. And for two, uh, the only reason I wasn't excited because I thought they had an opportunity to get somebody better um, that had more experience for this young nucleus. But, you know, it, it worked out. They went to the finals. They they succeeded. They they over they over succeeded expectation. But again, it's unfortunate. It sucks. I'm 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 not gonna say it, it changes how I feel about him as a person because I can't. I don't know the man. I've never cheated. I've never did anything to jeopardize my profession in that in that type of way. But I'm sure he's very remorseful. remorseful. Um, and if he could do it all over again, he would change it. But what's done is done. And hopefully we don't get to see the tea spilt. But it, it's only ine- it's inevitable. You know, media is media. Someone's going to spill it. Um, but if this is the last time we see um, Ime Yadoka as coach of the Celtics, it was, it was a pleasure having him there. And um, but in the meantime, uh, it's also exciting to look forward to the upcoming season. Uh, the Celtics will be starting the season shortly, and hopefully, this does not become a huge distraction for the team going forward. But I am a little afraid about how these players or some impending free agents in the nearest future will look at this franchise in what they did as far as hiring him uh, too deeply and making their decisions going forward for their future. All right. Well, anyways, I didn't want to leave this episode on a somber mood, but I had to uh, had to address it since it's, uh, it's part of the sports news. And um, But anyways, uh, once again, I appreciate everybody just chiming in um, with their feedback. I appreciate everybody who listened. Uh, much appreciated. If 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 all my 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 choices hit, y'all will know. Follow me on Twitter, underscore d e s p a i n underscore. You can also follow me on Instagram, d e s dot p a i n. Uh, you'll see a lot of my personal tweets and personal posts, but you also see a lot of sports talk on there as well. Uh, when I have a chance to post something I will talk about, I'll be posting some sports stuff. Um, but again, appreciate y'all. Salute. This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, uh-huh. of course, yeah. athletes in the struggle. Yo, to make a yo, 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 some get a little, some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get